you have your Bible me to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 20. God is so good in this place. Amen. I'm getting a little late start preaching. I probably could have started preaching instead of announcements, but uh, sometimes announcements is good too, right? Amen. They let you at least know what you're, what's going on, right? Amen. So, Deuteronomy chapter number 20 and verse number 1. Man, God is so good in this place. Amen. How many agrees the Lord is good? If I get my, my, my Bible, has uh, got pages that are stuck together. So, yeah, we'll get. All right, praise the Lord. Deuteronomy chapter 20, verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. All right. When thou goest out to battle against thine enemies and seest horses and chariots and a people more than thou, be not afraid of them. For the Lord thy God is with thee, which brought, up, brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And it shall be, when ye are come nigh into battle, to the battle, that the priest shall approach, approach and shall speak unto the people and say, on, uh, and, and shall say unto them, Hear, O Israel, ye approach this day unto battle against thine enemies. Let not your hearts faint, fear not, and do not tremble, neither be terrified because of them. Verse 4, for the Lord your God goeth, or for your Lord God is he that goeth with you to fight for you against your enemies to save you. Against your enemies to save you. Turn with me over to the book of Psalms chapter 44. At verse number 3. And while you were turning. I want to read verse number 4 in the NLT. It says. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you. Against your enemies. And he will give you. Victory. He will give you. Victory. Man. Psalms 44. In verse number 3, if you're there, say amen. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand and thine arm and the light of thy countenance. Because thou hadst a favor unto them. I want to preach today on victory. Victory. Lay your Bibles down and raise your hands to the Lord. Let's pray. God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your power. 
Lord, for your ability and how you're speaking to our minds and our hearts. And I pray today that you'll anoint my lips of clay that I may speak as the oracles of God. Help us, Lord Jesus, to walk in victory over all of our enemies and our adversaries and the things that we're facing. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. Clap your hands into the Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. You all can be seated in the name of the Lord. How many believes that we can walk in victory? I mean, how many believes that we are in a victorious church? I believe today that we are in a victorious church. We have a victorious God. We have power that's working within us to do. And the Bible says that God is with us and He will never forsake us. And, and when we have victory, according to the dictionary, it, victory refers to a, a success or triumph over an enemy in battle. Or a success or a successful outcome in a struggle. Or an overcoming something and some kind of obstacle. How many can agree today that they have been through a battle? They have been through some struggles. They have faced some obstacles that stand in their way. If you study out the scriptures in the word of God, the word victory is written in many forms, in many ways. It is brought out 56 times. It is wrote, written down in the scripture. And, uh, and many of those uh, we can think about uh, and, and, and ponder on. And one of the most popular ways that we can have victory or victory would be, or in studying in the scriptures, is victory in battle. We can all look around and say that we need victory and victory in battle, victory in our circumstances, victory in our situations that seems like it's out of our control. And one of the most prominent words of the victory is found in the in the in the revelation and the and the the, the battle. Of battle and the, and the the things that we face and each and every day and through the course of life and and and, and throughout all the battles that we face and no matter what it is, um, victory is always the number one goal in every battle. I don't know if anybody in this place would say that they entered into a battle, a struggle, or a fa- a, 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 a trial, or faced a circumstance in their life in which you have entered in with the mindset that you was going to lose. There's nobody that's ever done anything that has ever uh, come to a battle or a situation that says, I'm just going to give, I, you know, I'm not going to try, I'm just going to let them win. But most most prominently or most uh, certainly uh, every battle that is entered into is entered into uh, with uh, the mindset that you are going to get victory. Our military as they go and they do things in the over, overseas in war and battle whether it's Iraq, Afghanistan or, or wherever it may be uh, they go to that place and they, they set up and they, they, they take those young men over there to, to 
to fight those battles and they do not send them over there to fight it uh, thinking that they're going to lose but they go over there with a mindset that they're going to win and that when the when the uh, uh, men go over there that they're hoping and praying that uh, that they would come out on the other side with victory and victorious over their enemies and also on the other side uh, they are, are uh, on the other side the terrorists and the and the, the other countries that are coming against us they are hoping for victory as well I tell you no matter what you may be fight, wanting victory but your enemy wants victory as well you may want to have peace but the devil don't want you to have peace and you may want to have overcoming power over that obstacle and that situation but I promise you that the devil is out to destroy you he wants to destroy you and he wants to get victory over your over your life he wants to be the one with the victory he wants to be the one with a trophy he wants to be the one to have a banner he wants the one to, to be the one who feels like he has conquered many times in the Bible we read how God had led his people into battle the children of Israel went to, to the battle and, uh, and all kinds of problems and all kinds of situations and, and as they were going to the promised land they incurred many battles and many situations and uh, too many battles that we enter into uh, and we come into those and we stay way too long we've been in those situations way too long we've been in that mess way too long longer than we God intended us to be in I'll tell you some people are fighting things that God never intended you to fight you're dealing with things now that you've been facing since you were a teenager God didn't intend for you to be a fighting that battle again he's not he never attended you for to you to go through that temptation that trial and that pressure like you're going through right now God has always put his church through battles and through circumstances that he, that you could get through and come out with victory let's clap our hands to the Lord right Children of Israel, many times they sang. They sang to win the battle. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. The Bible says as they beginning to walk to march, and when they got to the moment to where they could, that it was their time to shout, and their time to to sing, and their time to rejoice. The Bible says that the walls of Jericho fell flat. Oh, so whatever surrounding them, whatever is going on, the Bible says that if you follow what the plan that God has, and you do what God wants you to do, you can walk out with victory you can walk out with, with amazing power moving in your life so many times the Lord has brought victory and God has promised us victory over our enemies and over our circumstances whatever you may be facing today God can give you victory whatever you're going through God can give you the power to go over it and go through it I tell you what it's amazing how many times the Lord has promised us victory and how God gave people victory in the Bible I, I got so many I want to talk about today but I know I don't want to uh, give us uh, so much time so I may just throw some at you is that alright you just keep, keep, get you catching that you know 
I may just throw some scriptures at you and you can go back and listen to it or whatever or you can look it up. I don't want to, you'd have to search through all this while I'm preaching today. Uh, but uh, so many times, you know, that we can read in the scriptures of how the Lord can give victory and the Lord can give power and the Lord can give anointing and the Lord can can see his, our way through. The Bible says, oh, that, that, that the Lord goes for us and he fights for us. And, uh, and our text as we read, read in Deuteronomy chapter Chapter number 20 and verse number 4 says, For the Lord goeth, the Lord your God, He is He that goeth with you and fights for you and promises you, as we read in the NLT, He said, to give you the victory, to give you the victory over your situation. I promise you, if you're going in a battle, in a situation, that God is with you and God is fighting for you and God is never going to leave you in the middle of that battle and he promised you to give you the victory over all of your situations and over all of your, your, your pain and all of your struggle. Oh, you can go to Joshua 10 and 10. The Lord said that he's going to give a great victory to, 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 the, to the people of God. Judges 12 and 3. God said he's going to give a victory to over them. Ah, and the Lord gave them victory. Judges 15 and 18, the Lord give a great victories. First Samuel 19 and 5, the Lord won a great victory for all of Israel and you saw it and was glad. Have you ever looked at a, at a situation the Lord stepped in? Yeah, the Lord gave us victory and now we're glad. Has anybody ever been glad when the Lord gives you victory? There's something that gets inside of you. Joy Unspeakable uh, and full of glory, as the old song says, "Joy bells ringing in my soul, joy bells ringing in my soul, joy bells, mm. joy, joy, joy bells, joy bells ringing in my soul." Anybody remember that old song? <laughs> we used to sing that growing up. We sing those joy bells and uh, how the Lord can bring joy and the Lord can bring happiness. And so many times the Lord can give victory in our lives. In 2 Samuel uh, chapter 8 and verse number 6, the Lord gave David victory uh, wherever he went. Oh, aren't you glad that the Lord can give you victory? That wherever you go, there's no devil in hell can stop you. There's nothing can keep you from doing the will of God no matter what you're facing no matter where David went no matter what David faced he gave victory he gave power 2 Samuel 22 and verse 36 the Lord he gave him he gave you his shield he said he is the shield of victory he is the shield that will shield you into where you can get victory over your sin and your over your struggles and over your battle oh he in verse number 22 and verse Number 55, he gives uh, us great victories. He gave his kings great victory. In 2 Samuel 23, verse number 10, and he brought about a great victory in that day. So many victories. So many victories. 2 Samuel chapter 23, and verse 12, he gives victory. 1 Kings chapter number 22, verse 12, he gives victory. Oh, see, he is. 1 Kings chapter 22 and verse 15. 
Oh, in the attacks, he gives victory. In the battles, he gives victory. When you feel under attack today, the Lord is in this house to give victory. When you feel pressured, the Lord is in this place to give victory. Oh, first King, uh, Second Kings 5 and 1. Oh, he gives victory to Nahum. He gives victory to, to the armies of God and the kings of Aram. He gives victory. Oh, he gives great victory. Oh, first Chronicles 11 and verse number 14. Oh, he gives victory. So many, so many verses in which the Lord gives victory and he brings great victory to each other. And I'll tell you, if you could study so many more scriptures where God brings victory, and if he's done it in the Bible, he can do it for you brother Tim he can do it for you you may be battling something right now God can give you victory God can give you power God can give you strength over your situation I'm talking to you today about a God that brings victory I'm talking to you today about a God who's not a respecter of persons if he's done it for one he can do it for everyone let's clap our hands to the Lord Sometimes, you know, there's victory that God brings, the victories in battles that we face. Sometimes we, we, we battle in our lives. Yes, we fight battles. You cannot say that you don't fight a battle. If you say that you've never fought a battle, I question your salvation because I promise you that when you get born again, you have entered in a war zone. You have entered into a battleground in which I promise you the devil is out to try to get you when you are born again of the water and the spirit uh, you did not join just a casual scroll, scroll through life but rather you have been enlisted into the army called by God to be a good soldier you have been enlisted into the army of God that you could do the will of God we have been called to come against evil and to to protect the kingdom of God and stand up as Brother Tony preached so, so plainly on Friday night. We have been called to take a stand against the, the things of the devil and stand against the wiles of the devil. Oh, I tell you what, how many's made their mind up to stand against the wiles of the devil? Let's clap our hands to the Lord. This world we're living in is, is full of sin. This world we're living in is full of pain. This world we're living in is on its way down. We are fighting against a spiritual warfare. Oh, Ephesians 2 and verses 1 and 2 says this. It says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to to the course of this world according to the prince of the power of the hour of the air the spirit thou now worketh in the children of disobedience Paul was making it plain here that there is a spirit that's at work there is a spirit it's the prince of the power of the air and the old timers used to say the prince of the power of the air that's your radio broadcast your TV stations and all that you know because it's going through the air 
And now the antenna, you know, now it's coming through a little wire coming in your house, but it's still going through the air, right? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the old timers, they were just really just hard time, you know, say, you know, all of that. But uh, I promise you, there's it, there's more places than just uh, on your television that the devil comes to try to control. There's more places in your life that God, that the devil's trying to take territory. There's more avenues in your life in which the devil is trying to control you. It, the devil is trying to control the church. The devil trying to control the world the spirit is working in the children of disobedience we must understand that we're going to have to fight against this prince that rules the atmosphere around us he battles to defeat our faith he tries to to bring fear and unbelief to our minds he tries to deceive even the very elect if it was possible let me remember that verse right Deceive the very elect if it was possible. You could see the wise men in our day. The, the, the ones who used to, to stand for truth and holiness are now dwindling away. And they still hold credentials or whatever with the United Pentecostal Church. But, but down deep you can see how they are starting to fall prey to deception. And it won't be long until they, they, they break fellowship and say we don't want no more of that because we, we have been deceived. There is a spirit that's working in our age of compromise. There's a spirit that's working in our age that says we don't need these scriptures anymore and eventually you'll lay down a scripture. You'll lay down a verse. You'll quit preaching it in your pulpit. You'll quit, pre- pre- quit preaching against sin and, and, and worldliness. You'll quit preaching about that and it'll finally you'll quit preaching about the oneness of God. You'll quit preaching about baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. You'll quit preaching about ba- speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives utterance and then you'll start seeing things start falling away and they'll start being more casual in their walk with God until the church is in a place to where it's not even resemble doesn't even resemble what church is supposed to be like but I tell you what we're going to have to stand up for truth we're going to have to stand up for holiness and I promise if we stand up for the truth of God God's going to give us victory God's going to give us power over whatever comes our way let's clap our hands Lord If we would view in the spirit realm, we could see all of the things that are going around us. All the endless attacks from Satan attempting to to be a substitute for God. Have you ever seen that? How the spirit will always try to substitute for God. And you know what the substitute for God is? That is the spirit of the Antichrist. The Bible said that it's working in our world today. Stick with me as I as I dig a little deeper here today in the scriptures. If we read first. 1 John chapter number 2 and verse number 18 it says this little children in the, it is the last time he said now children listen to me it's, it's the last time and as ye have heard that the antichrist shall come even now I don't know if you got it, but mine's my my now is big big letters. Maybe because I, I I made it that way in my scripture text, but I I, do, I like it when I I wish they'd put that on, in every Bible, make it bold, you know. Even now, 
Everybody has heard the Antichrist is going to come. But Paul made it know it says, even now they are many Antichrists. Whereby we know that it is the last time. Now, just think about when this was written in context of when this book, when John wrote this, this in this particular chapter in the time frame. And I ain't got time to, to, to teach you all of that, of how all that. You know, if we, if we want to get deeper theology and talk, you know, maybe we can set up a class and we can learn about this. And we can take hours upon hours and weeks upon weeks to just learn one verse. Um, you know, that can, that's easy to do sometimes. Has anybody ever studied it for a long time and just made it through one verse? Sometimes I went two weeks on like three words, you know. <laughs> but God bless me and God bless you. you know, hallelujah. But sometimes you get in the word of God. But, to, but, but to John was saying, hey, in the world, we, we, we believe some kind of myth that the Antichrist is going to come later. Oh, he's going to come. Oh, I believe the Antichrist is going to come. But this was in John's time. What did John say? He said, even now there are many Antichrist. Are there many antichrists? There's many antichrists in our world today that we should know. We should know that now it is the last time. Oh, there's times when the devil comes to try to destroy. If we go down to verse number or to chapter First uh, John four and verse number two and three, uh, just going down, just walking through the scriptures a little bit, it says in verse number two, it says, "Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come." Uh, in the flesh is of God. Oh, and it goes on, verse number three says, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is in the Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And, and it goes on, it says, uh, And this is the spirit. Is is that spirit talking about what we said? Now this is that spirit of the Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already it already is in the world. I tell you right now, there is a spirit that's working in in our world that confesses that Jesus is not God in the flesh. There's a whole doctrine, there's a whole teaching, and there's a whole philosophy that will stand and say that Jesus is not God in the flesh. That Jesus has not been manifested in the flesh. If you study the context and how it was written, it was stating that if the if you confess that Jesus is God in the flesh, you are of God. But if you confess, if you confess not that Jesus has came and is God in the flesh, the Bible says that you are not of God, but you are of the spirit of Antichrist. And there is a spirit of Antichrist going around our world, preaching in pulpits, and they've got a following. And they're following after the, the things and traditions of men. They are anti-Bible. They are anti. They're anti-God. I tell you what, John was making it clear that this spirit is moving in our world today. The Antichrist, anti, anti, Antichrist, anti-God, anti-all this. And they start substitute this world we're living in. They're anti-everything, right? 
So many people are anti-everything. They're anti, uh, they're, they're anti-God. They're anti-church. They're anti-Christ. Uh, they're anti-hope. They're anti-vision. They're anti-oneness. They're anti-holiness. They deny that God was manifested in the flesh. Oh, this is the spirit that's now working in our world. We can look around our world and say, yes, this is the spirit that's working in our world today. Satan understands that he, he will never defeat the church as a whole, but if he could slow it down, if he could bring some anti-God uh, in it, if you could bring some anti-faith in it, if you could just bring some anti-vision in it. Have you ever met people that was against everything, anti-this, anti-that? That is the spirit of anti-Christ. Satan understands today. He ain't going to defeat the church as a whole. He knows the back of the book. And we win. He knows the back of the book and we win. I tell you what, he, is, he knows how the story ends. He knows his fate. He knows where it's going to happen. But so many times, uh, this task that we stand to fight, uh, it is a hard task. And sin is a hard taskmaster. And, uh, and it's hard many times to face those things. And sometimes we stand for God. And we endure hardness in this world. How many have endured hardness in this world? It's not easy many times to stand for God. It's not many. It's not easy many times to believe God and to 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 live for God. It, it's not easy to stand up when everybody else is setting down. As Brother Tony preached so clear on Friday, it's not easy to stand when everybody else is setting and they are prompting you to sit down. It would be like me saying, be seated. And, you know, and y'all be like, I'm so sad. Whenever the rest of the world bows down, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bowed down, but they all bowed down, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to bow down. They said, I'm going to stand. Oh, it's not easy many times to have faith that's in a world that's full of doubt. It's not easy to stand, to go against the grain and to believe things that other people consider as false and, and to believe things as truth and other, that other people and other denominations, they say, say that it's not true and they say it's not right. I want to tell you today, we've all witnessed it. We need to be strong in the grace of God. We need to be strong in the Lord. I believe today there's victory coming to our church. A victory can come in your life. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what you're dealing with, but right here in this place, you can have victory. Right here in this place, you can have joy. Right here in this place, you can have, you can have overcoming power in your life. Amen. Very familiar scripture in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 1. It says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, and the same commit thou to faithful men. Who shall be able to teach others also? Verse 3. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier 
of Christ Jesus. Endure hardness. Has anybody ever felt like you've endured some hardness in your life? I've endured some hardness in my life. I've been through some trials. Paul said, wherefore endure hardness as a good soldier. Verse number 4 says, that, it says, No man that warreth entangled in himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. God has chosen our, our church to be a soldier. God has chosen you to be a soldier. If you have been chosen to be a soldier, it's time to lay aside the weights. It's time to lay aside the sins. It's time to lay aside the hindrances. It's time to untangle yourselves with the affairs of this life. How can you fight if you're entangled with the affairs of this life? How can you fight for God and be a soldier for the kingdom of God if you're wrapped up in the world? If you're wrapped up in your job, if you're wrapped up in your careers and your and your uh, hobbies, and your and your extracurricular activities, and all kinds of things. If you're all wrapped up in all kinds of stuff, well, how can you be a good soldier? Don't entangle yourself. If you're going to fight, show up to battle. If you're going to fight, stand up and fight. If you're in a war, you need to be there to fight. You need to be there in prayer. You need to be there in fasting. You need to be there in study and consecration to the Lord. You need to be there in your life no matter what you're facing. You've got to be there to fight for God. So many people have good potential. The good potential doesn't do anything if you're not available. You could, be doing, you could do something great for God, but if you're not available, be like, you know, we need to start, you know, a youth class on Wednesday night. If you're not available, how could that happen? Maybe, you know, we need to do, you know, teach a Bible study. Well, I'm not available. I don't have any. You're not available. How can you do anything if you're not available? First thing they do is, as you go to put on a job application, they say, well, "What's your availability?" And if you put some kind of line on there, whatever, whatever you're in, in like stipulations, you know what they'll do? Next. Because they want somebody that when they need them, they'll be there. You know what? If you're in war and you're fighting a battle, you don't want to look over at your comrade, the person that's sitting next to you, and, and, and they're not there. You're supposed to have my back, but where were you? You were supposed to have been praying for me, but where were you? You were supposed to be there with me through thick and thin, but where are you? You're supposed to be in there to, to help me to, to accomplish the things that needs to be done, but where are you? Don't entangle yourselves with the affairs of this life, with the things of this world. Uh, don't be wrapped up because God's got a victory for you. And you can't get a victory unless you fight. Get right. Let's clap our hands to the Lord. Oh, 
Be strong, don't give up in the world. Be strong, don't give in to the spirit of Antichrist. Don't let it creep into the church. Be strong, don't give up when the world puts on the pressure and tries to bring doubt and fear and unbelief into your minds. Don't give up. Don't quit fighting. Don't quit standing. Endure hardness. Stand up for truth. When the devil tries to come in and accuse you, as Revelation chapter number 12 and verse Verse number 10 says, For Satan is called the accuser of the brethren. Oh, when he comes in, oh, when he tries to get you to fall into the sin's temptation, stand strong. Oh, stand up and walk as the Spirit convicts you. Anybody ever felt convicting? The power of God? He is convicting us. Stand firm. God gives you victory when you obey His convictions. When God brings conviction to you and you feel that, wow, I, I, I shouldn't be doing this. Unless you yield to the conviction, you'll never have victory over it. You have the power to overcome, to over. To overpower the convictions of God. Because, well, that don't convict me. Yes, it does. And yes, it has. Well, that don't convict me no more. That's a lie from the devil. You see people, you know, that, that, that the Lord convicts them, and then a Pentecostal altar and God convicts them of sin, and all of a sudden, five years later, say, well, that don't convict me no more. That's a lie from the devil. God don't backpedal, and He don't make no mistakes, and He don't lie. But what the problem is, you don't want to yield into that, that conviction anymore. You don't want to stand for that conviction anymore. You want to appease your, your flesh. You want to make your flesh happy. Well, I don't really like that. I'm just uncomfortable. And although everybody else is doing it, everybody else thinks it's okay. Why do I have to do that, Pastor? Why do, I have to, why do we have to be so, so old school? You know, because we're following the Scripture. And the Bible says that the law was a schoolmaster. It was a teacher to us today. It taught us. It is, teaches us the, the ways we should walk and live. Uh, and we can walk in the grace and the power of God to do whatever God has planned us for us to do. We need to stand and follow the convictions of the Holy Ghost. I've been convicted of something. And I hope you can raise your hands and say you've been convicted of things. I believe there's things that are written in the Word of God that are settled. That's for everybody. Everybody has to live according to the Word of God. But not only that, everybody needs to have their own personal convictions. Personal convictions goes beyond Biblical stance and truths. People say, "Well, well, that, well, that don't convict me." This isn't. This ain't a matter of conviction. This is the word of God. If it's written in the word of God, it doesn't matter if you get a conviction for it, because the conviction is whatever's above and beyond what's in this book. You do it because you love. I don't have to bring my wife roses. There's nothing written in my marriage certificate that says I have to do it, but I think she'll like it. So you bring roses and flowers and, 
and be all in candies and you send flowers to the work and, and you do all that and you buy you buy her something nice. There's nothing in the manual. There's nothing that that that, that in the rule book says you have to do it. And you probably don't have to do it. But it sure makes it a lot better when you go home. Right? You know, you come home from work and say, Hey, I thought about you. Here's a Dr. Pepper. Or whatever. It didn't have to be much. There's nothing that says you have to do that. But that, that convicting, that love conviction in your heart. I just felt like getting you something. And that's what you do with the Lord. There's nothing in the Bible says that, well, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible doesn't say nothing about that. The Bible doesn't say you can't do this. The Bible doesn't Well, sometimes, you know, you have the Bible things that you have to do, and most people don't do them. I make that note there. Most people don't even live according to the Bible. And they say they believe the Bible. Sad thing is, when you stand before God in judgment, what's He going to do? He's going to grab His old Bible. It's, it's, probably, it's probably a lot bigger than this. Written down. And one thing that the Lord is bound by is His Word. He ain't going to overpower what's already been written. Everything in this book, the Lord is going to stand up and open the book and judge you by it. Well, you read the book, well, that judges me. Well, I'd rather be judged with it now than to be judged with it then. That's why the preacher comes here and he preaches and he, say, and he preaches. The Bible says judgment begins where? At the house of God. And if judgment begins in us, then where does the sinner and the ungodly appear? They don't have a chance. They're not even, you know, it's about, okay, pass, you know, good, you know, throw them in, you know. But we, as the church, he can say, hey, let me examine you by the word. If you ain't born again, this word don't even, I mean, what does it matter? You got to do the. You got to be born again before the word even applies. Or else you're a sinner. There's two th- two types of people that was mentioned in that scripture: the sinner and the ungodly. Now the sinner has never heard the gospel, never read the book, never been born again, never been born again. There's people that's never been born again. You work with them. You know them. Some of them are your family members. They've never been baptized. They've never had the Holy Ghost. Those are sinners. And when they get to judgment, they're sinners. And where do sinners go? No question. Sinners go to hell. If you ain't been born again, that is the number one reason why you're going to hell. It's not, you're not going to hell for being a homosexual. You're not going to hell for, for, for being a lesbian. You're going to hell because you haven't been born again. Period. We don't have to talk about anything else. You ain't been born again. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're going there anyways. That's why it's so important for the church to reach for the lost. Because if they've never heard the gospel, oh, I tell you, if they've never been born again, they've got to be born again of the water and of the Spirit. And I tell you what, there's a lie going in the world today that says that you can still get to heaven without being born again. It's false. If you ain't been born again, there's no way you can see the kingdom. Jesus said you can't enter it and you can't even see it. You're not even going to get close. So why are we talking? Why am I arguing with you about what you think that, that, that you, you're doing that we're saying is wrong? The main thing you're doing is wrong is you ain't been born again. 
We need to be preaching the gospel. Paul said, I would say to hear nothing among you but Christ and Him crucified. He said, what's the most important thing here is that you to hear that Jesus Christ came and He died on the cross and rose on the third day with all of the keys of death and hell so you can repent and you can be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins and you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and you can be born again so you can start the path to heaven. So where's the sinner going? Anybody know? Sinner's going to hell. Sinner's lost. Sinner's lost and going to hell. But there's another one that was mentioned there. It said the ungodly. The sinner has never served the Lord. Never been born again. And then there was the ungodly. What's the ungodly? The ungodly is the one who has been born again. You can't be ungodly unless you've already been godly. Or else you would just be a sinner. You know, a sinner can't be ungodly. You know, he's a sinner. But us, you know, we have been born again. God filled us with the Holy Ghost. We started on our path. But then somehow we started living with unrighteousness in our lives, ungodliness. So sinner is lost and going to hell, never been born again. And the ungodly is the backsliders. If... If the righteous bear, uh, scarcely make it, when do, where does the sinner and godly, how can that be? If judgment begins with us in the house of God, then where does the sinner and the ungodly appear? If right now we stand before God in judgment, they, I don't want to be in their shoes for the socks, as they say. But God is in this place right now to give us victory and give us hope over every situation. No matter what, no matter the lies that you can, you can somehow be born, you can just somehow uh, just be uh, 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 in the kingdom without being born in the kingdom. This ain't, you don't get joined again, you get born again. Shaking my hand don't do anything except spreading some love, you know. God bless you, brother, love you. But repenting does something. The Bible says the angels in heaven rejoice over one sinner that just repents. Turns around. My, my hand don't do nothing. But repentance makes a difference. Turning towards God. Turning away from sin and turning towards God. How long has it been since you've turned away from sin? So many times people come to church and they've not turned away from sin. They're still doing the same thing. They just learn how to act. There's a lot of actors in church, right? I can put on a show. I can do it just right. Clap your hands, everybody. Raise your hands and shout, Doing good, ain't I? <laughs> Sounds good, right? They'll never know. <laughs> but God knows. How long has it been since you repented? Some never been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of their sins. That makes a difference. Receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, and God comes in your heart and lives. 
That makes a difference, right? God can fill you with the Holy Ghost today. And give you victory over the things that you're dealing with. Satan oftentimes offers counterfeits. Have you ever seen a counterfeit dollar bill? Have you ever heard of a counterfeit dollar bill? Many of us have heard of counterfeits. Satan oftentimes will do counterfeits and have counterfeits in their in your life. And uh, you know, some people call themselves a Christian, but uh, they they desire to push false peace in life. False peace, false peace in their denominations and their beliefs. They give false security, saying you're all right when you're not. Saying that you can stay and continue in your sin and everything's going to be all right. Jesus loves you. The falseness and the counterfeits to say that uh, uh, they look all right on the outside and maybe they've been baptized and maybe they've, they, they, they look all right. But many times they, they uh, start criticizing the things in the church. They don't want the real, but they want the counterfeit. The church needs to keep their eyes on the prize. They need to keep their eyes on the kingdom of God. Protect what is God is doing in the church. God wants to give us freedom. God wants to give us to be light in the darkness. God wants us to illuminate the places in which other people can't see. That when people comes around us, they start seeing things that are wrong. Have you ever seen people, you go around them it's like, I don't know. Every time I'm around you, I feel uncomfortable. I feel bad. I feel like you're judging me because I'm, every time you look at me, I'm like, I'm not. I'm, I mean, well, you know what that is? It's conviction. It's because everywhere you walk, you are illuminating things. You didn't see your sin until I walked up, and now you see it. You're dirty. Man, have you ever have you ever been outside working and getting all greasy and got black on your face and everything and you know you know you you all rust you know got rust on you and grease and dirt and you come home and you look in the mirror and he's like wow you know what preaching is it's like a it's like a mirror you know what talking to if you're a sinner and you and you go talk to somebody in church it's like looking in the mirror you see yourself it's like looking in somebody's eyes you can see yourself. You look at a person that's living for God full of the Holy Ghost, you see yourself. You see your flaws. You see your shortcomings. You say, man. And what you're standing there, you're like, you know, you're, you're, if you're not dressed right, you start pulling things. I've seen women, they'll pull here and they'll pull that. I'm like, I'm not. I mean, they're uncomfortable. They start pulling their skirts down. They start doing all. I'm like, I'm not. You know, that's the conviction of God. Because when, when the, the church of the living God comes in contact with the ungodly, it illuminates the darkness. That when you're walking in the light, everything around you starts to illuminate. And then when people are ungodly and people are living unrighteous, they see their wrongs and they feel bad about it and they feel ashamed about it and they don't want to be around you because of the way you make you feel. And they blame it as judging. You're judging me. I said, I didn't even say nothing to you. Just the way you look. I mean, I did it. You want me to not look at you? I mean, you don't want me to just look at your feet when I'm talking to you? I mean, have you ever had the preacher preach and look at you in the eye? And you're like, man, he's preaching down my highway. He's telling me everything. He's like, you're like, I'm a preacher, man. 
I've seen some preachers that, that, that looked down the whole time. They were scared to look up. Afraid they'd get stoned or something. But sometimes the preacher can look at you in the eye when you're preaching. And you know what? The eyes are the windows of the soul. God can bring conviction to your life just by the look. Just by the look. Preaching to you today about victory. As I'm coming to a close, we understand that Jesus wins every battle. He's never lost a battle. We've lost battles, yes, but Jesus has never lost a battle. He comes against every adversary and comes out victorious. No matter what he faces, he's victorious. No matter what comes, doesn't matter how big, how strong it may look and seem, Jesus brings the victory. Paul said we got victory over sin. By Jesus he gave us the victory over sin. The sting of death, 1 Corinthians 15 and 56. The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law. Victory. Victory. Verse 57. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Sin is like a battle. And honestly, we've all fought that battle. It's a battle that's bigger than a battle overseas or any kind of war. It's a battle we fight day to day. When we wake up, when we go to bed, the battle continues. The fight against the pressures. The fight against the things. Ever since... The Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve fallen, fallen prey or fell prey to the devil and Lucifer, the Slewfoot, the serpent in the garden. 6,000 years of history, recording of all of the things that's happened. But praise be to God. He gives us victory, as Paul said. Praise be to the Lord. He gives us victory. We no longer have to be enslaved by sin any longer. We have the glorious freedom. We have the power. We once was bound with chains of sins and fetters. Oh, chains that, that we were that caused us to be like slaves. Oh, the struggle uh, in our lives was real. Have you ever felt like the struggle's real? You ever been like, man, the struggle's real today. But Jesus broke the fetters and the twine that chained around us. He gave us glorious freedom, victorious and wonder freedom, wondrous freedom in our lives. No more chains. Oh, no more sin. God can give us freedom today in this place. Oh, freedom from carnal addictions and envy and hatred and strive and vain glory on oh, worldly ambitions and pride and sin and sinful activities. Oh, and the love for the 
the glamour of this world, gold, silver, and, and, and cosmetics, and all kinds of things that will glamorize and, 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 and paint and try to bring false beauty and all kinds of things. Oh, all the sins and the glamour of this world. God can give us freedom over that. He can give us power and freedom and victory over our temper and anger. Freedom that only comes from Jesus Christ. Freedom that comes when He died on the cross and the curse of sin has been, been taken away. Victory, victory is mine. Oh, I tell you what, victory today is mine. I told Satan to get thee behind. Victory today is mine. Let's all stand as the Lord is still moving in this place. Victory, victory is mine. Long after the war is over and the victory is won over that sin, that thing, what happens? Sin can be conquered, but what do we do? What do we live in? Do we live in defeat? I really went through it. I really have bad. Are you here? Yeah. You make it through? Yeah. Well, what are you so sad about? It was like, man, I, I've been really fighting a battle. Well, look like you made it through. You're still here. You ain't dead yet. I ain't dead yet. He ain't killed me yet. I'm still standing. Victory over death. Very familiar scripture all the way through. Our victory doesn't stop with this earth. Oh, death, where is thy victory? 15 and 55. 1 Corinthians 15 55. Oh, death, where is thy victory? Where is thy victory? Oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy victory? Where is the sting of death? Jesus rose and he gave us the keys. To death. He rose with victory over death. Death lost its victory. Death lost its power. Death lost the ability to destroy our soul. Yes, we will die physically, but we will not die spiritually. My little my, my big brother Harry used to sing a song as a little kid. I'll never die, just be promoted. That's all I remember. Text him, get the words off that song. I, I got to figure it out. Maybe he'll put it in the comments if he's watching. Maybe not. But you can have eternal life. Victory over death. Eternity in heaven. God has gave us victory over everything. Everything in our lives, God is in this place to move, to give us victory. Victory is ours. Victory is for our church. I'm tired of seeing the church walk defeated. I'm tired of seeing people walk with their heads hanging down when God has victory for them. I'm tired of people struggling with the same sin and the same problems and the same repeat over and over and over again. You just keep dealing with it, keep dealing with it. The same old, same old, the same struggle, the same pain, the same disease. Has anybody ever felt that way? God is in this place. 
To not give a temporary victory, but a permanent victory. To give blessings and not curses. To move and give power in our lives. Everything that we're facing. God can give us power. God can give us strength. God can give us victory. Let's raise our hands and pray. God, in the name of Jesus, I pray. That you move, Lord, over everybody into the sound of my voice. God, that you move, Lord. And touch and give victory, God. Lord, in the hopeless situations, Lord. God, I pray today, Lord Jesus, God, that you would bring that joy, that peace, that overcoming power to have victorious and abundant lives, to live for you every day, to praise you, that you give us the victory through everything. Oh, and we will be able to stand and rejoice of the resurrection of our own soul, for we, that which was dead and trespasses and sin are now alive living for you serving you and certain living for you with all our hearts every battle every struggle everything we face god give us victory god everything we sacrifice in our lives everything that we are crucifying in our lives everything we're overcoming i pray god that you would give us victory god in this place in jesus name in jesus name in jesus name let's all find us a place to praise the lord is moving in this house in Jesus, this all.